Hello and welcome to Polyhedron, your multifaceted podcast for everything RPG related. I am your host, Matthew, and for the 123rd time, I have my two co's here in little black boxes. I wouldn't say it's 123 in my case. I am a terror. I have terrible attendance. <laughs> 100-ish. Hey, but he broke 100, everyone. I did eventually break 100. Mm-hmm. And my hey. good friend, Scott. Hi, how's it going? I hope everyone had a good Christmas and New Year's. Everybody, everybody survive it. Everybody good. It was, it was fantastic. And then I had to go to work today. And then that all, <laughs> yeah, all it wasn't. All, all went away. All that, all that juice, all that <laughs> relaxation I had developed. Yep. Ugh, gone. Gone. Yep. Well, I came back and no one had done anything in my absence. And mm-hmm. Exactly mm-hmm. as you had expected. Exactly as I'd expected. Like, like perfectly exactly as I expected. <laughs> Everything was exactly how you left it. And that was the problem. And that's the problem. <laughs> yes. So we had a very good holiday break. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about it. But uh, Ryan, how's your gaming been? Well, it's pretty good. Mostly, I ran uh, Rhyme of the Frost Maiden yesterday. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think since the last time we recorded, I, I ran kind of the arc closer for for New Vigil. So that was also good. You guys. You guys seem to have a lovely time. Yes, we did. An unexpected time in the Sith Temple. Yeah, you know there are no expected times in a Sith Temple. <laughs> if they tell you they're, if they tell you it exists, they're a liar. As Scott, what about you? How's your gaming? My gaming's been pretty good. Uh, you know, same old games as always: Star Wars, D and D. We're gonna wrap up Blood Covenant hopefully this week. Woot. Uh, Woot. So we'll see how that rolls out. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been playing. I've been taking advantage of uh, the Steam uh, Winter Sale and the the various Winter Sales of all the multifarious uh, uh, games distribution platforms. Uh, and I've been playing. Uh, I played a couple of games. Uh, Life is Strange Two. I finished up, mm-hmm. uh, which that is good. Um, I, I'd say it's probably about on par with um, with the first one. Mm. Um, just you know, it, it actually was it was pretty good in terms of characters and. That's story. the one with the brothers, right? That's the one with the brothers. Yeah, yeah okay. like, like that is like that is that is bro time. The story. Mm. Um, a lot of nudity. A lot of wang in there. Like wait, wait, no, not. I mean, it, it's uh, you know, it, it's more nudity than I expected. Uh, but uh, and then I started playing another one from the same company called Tell Me Why. I heard that was the darling of the year in yeah, terms of games for impact, so and so. Yeah, no, it win the games for impact reward, and I can see why because they aren't fucking around with uh, like LBGT representation and dealing with issues while also having like telepathic twins and fairy tale monsters. Hmm. Well, interesting. All right, then. It's actually very interesting, and they 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 really are. It's like it's just this shade of melodramatic in 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 my opinion, but it. it like the the in terms of like impact and what they go over and the sort of the drama of it, it's really good. And you know, choices matter in those sorts of games. So, yeah, no, I've, I've been enjoying that. And, uh, and then of course I played some Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven, which I know I'm alone in that, uh, which was great until the bugs stopped me from being able to complete the game. So you still haven't finished it? I still haven't finished it. Oh I, no, I, I literally can't. I'm waiting on the next patch. No. Sad. So sad. Triple A. Yeah. Triple A. The triple A. I agree with everything that Jim Sterling says about that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's still fun. 
um, until I, I could no longer play it. <laughs> <laughs> Which fuck me, I guess, you know. Um, PC yeah, Master Race. Well, you know what? I'm having a better time than people who have a PS4. That's true. That's true. But they get their money back. They can if they want. Uh, but yeah, no. So that's been my gaming and it's been fun and I've been liking it. Good. Uh, as for my gaming, uh, most of the huge, uh, I did some more Fallout stuff. Fallout uh, New Vegas, I did a lot of modding on that. Kind of put it down for a few days. I've been doing other stuff. Um, hmm, that's about it. I mean, Acting is good. I'm mm-hmm. looking forward to wrapping that up. Blood Covenant's great. Star Wars is racking my brain, which is fantastic. So my gaming has wrapped up pretty well. I'm enjoying all of it. Uh, it's really good. And if we're, uh, I've told in the sort of the patrons out there, and I'm happy to tell it there, uh, for the next actual play, I'm pretty much solid on my story for Aberrant 2nd Edition. So I look forward to running that whenever we're done with Star Wars. Cool. Yep. It is Star Wars is it is in a state where we will be heading towards a, a conclusion. Yes, it's not. In, there's still plenty. There's still months of content for everyone to listen to. Oh, so. yeah. You guys haven't even scratched the surface. Yeah. yeah. Haven't, you haven't seen anything yet. Yeah. It's, so it's great. Shit's crazy. Yeah. So a buck a month. You guys get to hear us do Star Wars. Polyhedron plays is worth a dollar a month. Like yes. at the bare minimum. Like it <laughs> yeah. absolutely is 100 percent worth a dollar a month. You get all of our wacky hijinks and weird philosophy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you get to you get to hear me be radical, 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 radical. No, like in the yeah sort of sense, not the yeah. no, throwing Molotov sort of sense. In the in the make uh, politics. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> Anyways, moving on to the news. There has been a couple things. Uh, one of the bigger things, uh, because it has been a little while since we did this, so our news is actually piled up a little bit, is, uh, was it Hickman and Weiss? The lawsuit they had against Wizard of Ghosts has been, has basically been resolved without prejudice. Basically means if they have any other issues about concerning their contract with Wizard of Ghosts, that can be resolved. Um, basically, what we think it is, is that they, it's been settled out of court, and that they have been sort of smooth the edges of a few things, and they know what's coming up. So we look forward to that. Yeah, uh, that's interesting. Um, I, there's been so much weird shit with Wizards of the Coast recently. Yeah, I don't know what their deal is. I don't know what the deal is. Um, I hope that it comes out and we get continue to get good stuff with them and that they're not shit lords. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I think it's a lot of miscommunication, but we'll see. I mean, it's the game. It's the tabletop gaming industry. There's always going to be a little. It's also they're a you know they're a massive corporation. So there's yeah, always going to be some. They have the Hasbro behind them. Mm-hmm. Oh no, the Hasbros. Yeah, Hasbros. the Hasbros. Uh, and of Hasbros course, and the Hasnotbros with egos. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the smaller and more niche uh, our our little corner of culture happen, uh, sort of develops, the the tighter everyone just holds on. No shit, you don't say. <laughs> you know shit, you don't say. Yeah, uh, other news. Uh, one thing we 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 were definitely super happy about that happened over Chris, not Christmas, or just before Christmas, I think, was uh, Vampire the Masquerade 5th Edition, the companion came out. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, it's super good. I was very pleased with it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's basically just a free supplement to have the last of the clans 
out and available to everyone. They've resolved the issues with Vicissitude, so you can play Zemisi. They've yep. resolved the issues with the Salubri healing discipline. I will I will be using it in Blood Covenant for the one time we have left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed. It's great. Um, yeah, and so um, it's very interesting. Uh, one of the cooler aspects that we sort of came out with that weren't expecting in that is these new sort of coterie merits that every clan gets. Oh, those are so goddamn sexy. The yeah. number one is just... Like, like, it's like, oh yeah, the coterie mer- merits are great, and then there's the La Sombra one. Yeah, like, it's, like, it's yeah, it's, it's a not class over- above. Yeah, it's not overpowered. It's just extremely thematic. It's it just hits that button just right, uh, and basically what they do is they let you give you benefits. So in this example, if you're a La Sombra, one of your clan mate, uh, one of your coterie mates can be like, hey, I want to do a thing. They roll because they are ruthless, because you know how La Sombra work. You can get two additional successes on the roll. But if you if you succeed, it's a messy automatically a messy critical. So it helps you, but it also creates this drama that really sort of like feeds into the story, which is really good. And all the other ones are not to the same degree, but all of them hit really thematically to whatever clan they are. Uh, I like the like the Ventru and the Ministry one were particularly good because they're mm-hmm. like they're like you find shit out and like in a very in very clan specific ways. Uh, the Malkavian one, of course, I enjoy greatly. You can fucking uh, it's like basically I you can basically like. Uh, you can fuck with your friends and then like get them to go like in like you share your little bit of your like prophetic powers with them and mm-hmm. then you can you can interpret it for them you basically you basically dose your friends <laughs> well, that's uh, and, fun. Then, and then uh uh <laughs> and then you uh you interpret their trip mm-hmm. yeah i mean you know you just be a bro about it yep <laughs> you just really really you know trip have a bro down yep yeah, and the companion also they have rules for playing mortals and ghouls. Talk a little bit more of that. So sort of just they sort of fill in the little gaps that exist in the main V five book. But it, again, it's all free. I'll put a link in the show notes. You will have to log in on to the World of Darkness website in order to get it. But it's not a big deal. It's free. So in other news, the uh, ooh, I said this a little while back. The Terminator. Role-playing game by uh, Nightfall Games is got the quick starter out. So they've got basically beta material out and about. So if you're interested in that, look that up. I'll put a link in the show notes. And I'm trying to think of what else. I don't know. Things have been relatively quiet because of the new year. That's just how that works. Uh, as for just like RPGs that are coming out in 2021, I'm looking forward to Dune. Oh, yeah. That's that's really good. I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously looking forward to Aberrant. Yeah. Um, uh, Werewolf 5th Edition, which supposedly is coming out uh, when it comes out, hopefully this when year. When it's done. That'd be real nice. Uh, I follow Justin Achille on Twitter, and he's like, finally, I came back to my desk after New Year's. Now time for all the redlining. Oh, well, I mean, that's that's progress. Yep. He's I really got- wonder, like, what the situation was with Hunter's Entertainment. Like, how how does that shake out? Like, what do they just take their work for work and build off of it, or what's up? Uh, it's possible. I mean, it could have been they 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 either Hunter's couldn't fulfill the contract, or they they could have just pulled the contract and be like, "We're done. We want to do something else. We're taking the contract." They paid them whatever they've already paid them and moved on. I don't know. 
It's it weird. could be a thousand different things. And uh, just because this is fun, I picked up Morkborg over the Christmas break. Morkborg. Morkborg. I'm going to be start looking through that and reading it uh, because supposedly at the end of it, after you're done playing it, you have to burn the book. You don't get to tell me what to do. That is true. Yeah, it's like Denmark the, the or shit the I do. <laughs> I paid for this motherfucker. Yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting book. Uh, it definitely has Make a me. distinct vision of what it's trying to do. Just the art st- art style inside is like even when it's trying to explain the rules is all in like artistic. Like I'm integrating fiction and uh, like fact into everything. Well, jokes right, on right, them. Right. I'll play their game how I want. <laughs> Death of the author, motherfucker. <laughs> Indeed. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so that is all we have for really for the news right now. We just hope everyone's doing all right. But regardless, we're going to head on into the main topic, which is a very interesting topic concerning making interesting choices. Matt, what do you mean by that? Yeah, let's 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 dig into this. Well, okay. Oh, no. Oh, no. They're, they're circling. Oh, no. Everyone help. No, no. So the whole point of like this idea, when you're role-playing or running a game, try to making interesting choices. What sparked this idea in my head was I listened to a couple podcasts concerning with authors and writing, and they always talk about some of the things of when you're writing a character and you're doing things in your novel is try to make the most interesting choice for the characters, which can be and should try to serve the story, but it also makes an intriguing sense. It may not make the smartest sense. Like it's like the uh, idea of why are the people in a horror movie going upstairs to hear, to check out this spooky noise? Like that's not the smartest thing to do, but it is the most interesting. Well, I mean, a lot of it is like genre, genre uh, savviness. Yes. Yes. It is like, okay, we're, we're doing this thing because it's what we're doing. And it's how, it's how we move things forward in the way that we're supposed to move things forward. And if you're not interested in that, maybe you should try something else. Yeah, like, you know, there's there's other shit you could be doing with your time. I, um, I would agree with that mostly, but it's also about, like, when you have a character and you're like, what would make the game more interesting for me and the game as a whole doing, sort of take a very top-down of view of a, of a situation? And I, I actually have an example of this that comes to, to mind readily. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a LARP character that I played, Um uh, and it was um, it was Forest of Doors, uh, and it was the third character that I had played, which was uh, my second Apsara uh, character. And he was very different from the other two characters that I had played. The other two characters I had played in that game had been very kind of you know even keel uh, in in their way, uh, not very not very risk taking. Uh, but my third character very much a shit stirrer. Mm. Like very much a shit stir, very much a going try. And uh, I was in a situation where I was um, just sitting on the porch with, you know, the avatar of uh, of autumnal spookiness. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, pump- oh, pumpkin Jack. Little or... Pumpkin King. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, he was just like going on about how like, yeah, well, we need this thing. You know, we need someone to, to buy into this autumn thing so that, you know, we can do the thing that we need to do. Otherwise, it'd be real shitty. And it's like, yeah, it's going to be real. It, it, uh, I'll be honest with you. It's going to be real awful. Like the thing that you have to do to get on board with this is really, really bad. Mm-hmm. I was just sitting there and like, no one, I was like, yeah, this is not the type of choice I would normally make with a character. But fuck uh, it. What are they going to do? Just but, to end me? Yeah. But yeah, like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> like, 
it's like you know you're one of the guys i trust here like you 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 do good content at this at this particular game in this particular era of it um why the fuck not um and my care i was like i had to think my character's like no my character is a, a, a big risk taker he's a he's a He's a shit stirrer. He's a larger than life kind of guy. He goes for things like this. Mm. And, you know, it's a big permanent decision that I'm making. Uh, so, you know, in, in the span of about 30 seconds, I reconciled myself with, yeah, sure, I'll buy into this. I will yep. be the guy that, that, that takes this particular risk for the town to do the thing that we needed. And about 20 minutes later i was like mock tried up to the to a tree in the middle of a swamp yep uh getting hung uh and uh, you know hung and drowned hung by the neck until dead indeed yeah mm-hmm. indeed mm-hmm. uh and like just like belching out elemental fear uh and it was pretty awesome was, we had a well, we had a good time that was pretty good yeah, every, and that's that everyone is a good example of mm-hmm. making an interesting choice because it could have really sucked for him, like, it, but it's also not always the riskiest choice too, uh, because I'll bleed into my example that I have that sort of, sort of got me on this thinking is in Mad Mage. I have Osric. He's not a he's not an evil character, but he's very self focused. He would be evil if he didn't have friends. <laughs> yeah, if he different and have friends, he'd be in a box somewhere. Somebody would have already put him in a yeah. box and thrown away the key. But recently, we did this whole thing. And we came upon, uh, after killing a death tyrant, we came upon the dead body of a dwarf. And out of, within like a pure instinct, role-playing instinct, I was like, you know what? I'm going to help this dead dwarf take them all the way up out of, uh, out of uh, Undermountain, resurrect them, and see what they're all about and try to help them. And it was like, afterwards, I had to go, that was an interesting choice. Why did I make it? Like, hmm. I had to go back over and go, what is my reasoning? And I, I went through a whole like fiction in my head of he had this uh, part of the story is for a little while, Osric had the soul of a paladin in him that was trying to take revenge against the death tyrant. And I was like, oh, well, maybe during that time they had a conversation and a little bit of that, that goodness, a little bit of that altruism bled into him and he did a good thing. And sort of retroactively explain the unique choice of resurrecting this person. Resurrect, I knew this wasn't going to be a very dangerous choice, but it would be a unique one, an interesting one. So I went for it. And that's yeah, it's and- a, you, you got to look into what. Also, you also have to make sure your choice isn't going to derail anyone else's good time or oh, make absolutely. things longer or more difficult for no particular reason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you're not putting too much on the storyteller. Like, Resurrecting that one dwarf wasn't putting too much on the storyteller. Just a weird. It actually kind of led to a pretty funny situation where so the 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 cops showed up and were like, "Hey, um, if you're gonna do that kind of magic, could you like tell us? Because <laughs> you literally cast a seventh level spell in." In a residential neighborhood, <laughs> in a residential area, you're not zoned for resurrection here. You're not zoned for level seven spells, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like the whole point is to make interesting choices that are serve the story or serve your story, but also they they make things more dynamic. They really help flush things out. Um, trying to think of some other examples that I know of. Um, because if you always make like the safe choice, because there, let's face it, some role players are risk averse. 
They don't want the hurt their character harmed. They don't want to get into a problematic situation, and which is perfectly fine. That's a valid way of playing, but it, it may not be the most interesting thing for the table. I think the most in, the most one of the more important parts about you know making those choices and being you know uh, being open to those sort of things is having a GM you trust. Oh yeah, uh, you have to be mm-hmm. able to trust your GM or your storyteller or, or what staff member or whatever. You can't like if if it had been another of the staff members at Forest of Doors, not going to name the names, making me that offer, probably wouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because uh, I, I the the one who the, who who was sitting there was someone who's who's. Uh, integrity and story ideas of what makes a fun and interesting story. I did trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so you gotta, you know, buy in when you can, and especially that that behooves that is that is incumbent upon the person running the game to be able to catch those curveballs mm-hmm. and 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 play those curveballs in a way that isn't just like, well, I didn't expect this to happen, so it didn't fit my rubric, so it's going to go badly because that's the only way I can imagine it going. No. Um, you, you, you have to be... Scott, I already apologized. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't no think I've ever there. had that problem with there's, you, Ryan. There's no reference there. I'm just no, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Matthew on the... No, no. <laughs> just fucking with you yeah um but uh yeah no that that it, that is really important because if you don't have a game runner or storyteller or whatever you want to call it uh that you can trust then your likelihood of making those choices goes down uh and if you decide to go out on a limb and you not don't you can't trust the guy or, or guy or girl or whatever you're uh, you're being with then eh, you know it, who knows how it'll go yeah, because I mean, in anything role playing game, it it's about throwing, taking the ball and then throwing it, and hoping mm-hmm. the other person catches it and throws it back at you. Like you're gonna switch yeah. it up every time. Uh, okay, so we've definitely talked about the take them when they're offered, but I think the when they're offered part is actually kind of the difficult one sometimes because mm-hmm. we're lucky in that LARPing, they're basically begging you to fuck yourself mm-hmm. um, <laughs> all the time forever. It's the golden where, shovel rule. Whereas tabletop is like, you know, they don't always necessarily. I mean, if you're on the rails. Yeah. Eh. yeah. But it, it, it's hard. It's actually very hard offering kind of esoteric weird choices to your players because uh you know you never know you don't know how they're if they'll take the bait if you put a lot of like thought or effort into it already maybe and they don't go for it that that's never fun oh yeah plot dodgers can be um awful yeah they they can be i don't i don't I don't disrespect their their perspective. Some people, and that's a whole other episode of like the types of players that exist in role playing as like archetypes that people sort of fall into. But but plot dodgers, as it were, people who are like, you know, I'm not going to get involved. I'm not going to do risky things. I only just want to kind of exist and be a part of the action. I want to sit here and be awesome. And, and, I want to be awesome when it's time for me to be awesome. Right. No and, other times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I'll be goddamned if I talk in character. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually interesting in LARPing and and in tabletop how those two mentalities are different, like how they come about. Well, I mean, in in LARPing, you're 
you only have like so much time to be on mm-hmm. and like there there are times at a larp when you're like just like um I, uh, you know i've been running my ass ragged or you know it's 3 a.m or it's 7 a.m or whatever the stars aren't particularly right for me to in, be engaged right now right i just want to i just want to drink my coffee and you know if if a monster comes out of the woods then yeah sure fine i'll i'll do my part um and I'll it, throw it, coffee in that monster's face. Don't think I won't. Yeah, exactly. But you know, it, it's you, you gotta you gotta kind of pick your moments at a LARP just because mm. if I, you try and be on and engaged at all times, uh, particularly if you're not a, a young sprightly thing, uh, then you're gonna find yourself hating life about you know 12 p.m. on <laughs> Saturday when you have some serious shit to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier to do that on tabletop because, you know, you're generally there for like what, three, four, five, six hours. Yeah. And that's that, like you're there for a chunk of time. You have allocated that chunk of time. Hopefully you have done whatever like preparation and self-care you need and you can be on a larger percentage of the time and being on is necessary for, I think, making those types of choices. Uh, at least doing so in a like sort of responsible and engaging and interesting way. Yeah, and and it's also the reverse is true. At a lot of um, staff members aren't around you all the time to try to help you engage and stay engaged and make interesting choices. Tabletop, there's a lot kind of their job. <laughs> it's kind of the whole uh, it's the <laughs> yeah. whole exercise, really. Yeah, yeah, they're the omnipresent eye who is there to monitor and 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 you know shape the world around you now, in an now i will say if you're a gm and you want to like i want to present an interesting situation or i want to make it force my players to make an interesting choice you really can't make the choice for them but what you can do is just here's the scenario everyone i want to see what you do with it who decides to make the interesting choice here who decides to do something a little not wacky or unorthodox but just like who is making the character decisions that are really intriguing and may cause sort of a dynamic or tension in the group. You know what's a good object lesson for this topic? Hmm. For like characters that make choices. Yeah. The characters in The Expanse. In terms of role-playing, those PCs, because they were originally built on a crew of PCs mm. right, for a, a MMO that turned into a role-playing game that turned into a novel series that then became a, a role-playing game. Seriously? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it, it had a long, long twisting path. Um, but like the characters of the books were originally a group of PCs in a sort of an ad hoc role-playing game. Um, and they act like it and their characters make, make choices, very PC like choices, sort of very off the wall. Uh, you know, Amos makes some fucking choices in his life. Holden too. Uh, Holden, Holden makes a shit ton of choices. Uh, Naomi, most certainly in, in the current, uh, you know, <laughs> I would say she made a weird choice in this one, but a, not bad, but weird. I mean, very like it's an understandable choice. Like she, it's a very, very risky choice that she's made. Um, very dangerous. Yeah. Very dangerous. But in keeping with her sort of like, if you were to look at her character sheet and say like prime motivations, like yeah, she, she's she's, she's working on her prime motivations. She's working on, on at least one of her prime motivations right there. Um, and so yeah, though, like if you want to have sort of an object lesson. The Expanse is a great source of it because they yep. make choices. Very, very big 
interesting choices that move things forward and put themselves in dangerous situations. Uh, and they do so for a number of reasons. Uh, like they, they all have their own motivations and those motivations shift and change. Uh, just like the people who sit around a table rolling dice. Yeah. And, and part of uh, is what's interesting and, and I'm not like part of making it interesting is like, I think you've gotten everyone has heard us talk about it, is like being bold, making choices that are like, this could be risky. And that a lot of interest units are going to be like that. They don't always have to be that. Um, maybe you the the maybe the story requires you to make a risky choice, and you decide not to make the risky choice, and mm -hmm. that is the more interesting choice for your character to make. Um, example of this, and it's not my personal example. Uh, I listen to a lot of um, Jim Davis on WebDM, and something he's been talking about on his Patreon content is Pendragon. And oh my god, I need to look and read into Pendragon. It's supposed to be very good. And one of the things is he's like, I have this noble character who's who's righteous and like I'm going to be a knight to King Arthur and all that fun stuff. And then a big battle, Eva, big battle. He rolls and he's like, I've got to leave, guys. Bye. Like he breaks his character breaks and he's like, I'm out of here. Hmm. I got to go away. And it's like he, the player had to deal with that. But that was an interesting choice. Like he had to obey some of the rules, but it was also a choice of his to go. I'm going to leave and all of the repercussions thereof because the consequences that fall out are really what pay off what is an interesting choice or not an interesting choice yeah uh, I mean I think uh, a lot of it is being sort of it's, it's a lot of it is being genre savvy um, mm -hmm. you touched on that a little bit of like knowing what type of story you're in and, you know, leaning into certain elements so that you can ride the particular wave that's, that's being, that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, being genre savvy is a, is a pretty good element of that. Like, you know, like you said, the horror movie, they go upstairs, you know, they follow the creepy noise uh, or, you know, they split up because that's how you, how things happen in this sort of thing. Um, or, or, you know, if, if you're in a mystery game, then, you know, you, you, you gather clues, you do, you do, you take the risk to get the clue that is important. Um, not an interesting choice, but I something I had to shout out in my sign game when I, I, I threaded something for Scott's character. And then you're like, should I bring other people along? Yeah, yeah, I probably should. Cause uh... it, that, it, that wasn't maybe not been the most interesting choice. I think the most interesting choice would have been him going, I'll go by myself. It'll be perfectly fine. But he wanted to bring the players along because that's just being a good player. Oh well, yeah, it's just you're, you. You don't want to just hey guys watch, <laughs> watch us do a one on one for a little while. No one. Wants yeah, it. watch me get eat my ass eaten by a bunch of fucking giant bugs. Hot stuff. <laughs> like I'm. Uh, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the combat characters. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a gun. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's very, it's very useful power. I don't have mystical fighting powers. I have a gun. Uh, you got, you, you're not, you're no slouch. You're no slouch. I mean, all right. I mean, especially if I can, you know, pull out some miracles from now and then. Um, Phenomenal cosmic but, power, indeed. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean that that was definitely a choice that I made of like, yeah, some little some, like uh, when I heard, actually, when I heard about people being missing. Yeah. Um, uh, I was like, yeah, people are missing. Okay. Yeah. No, that's. I actually, I think the most interesting choice that you did in Cyan, and a little context, they're coming back from a big old thing, and a house is on fire. 
where almost all the PCs are like, let me go help deal with the fire at the house. You were like, nope, I went to my buddy's house because I needed to find clues for a thing. Well, it's not so much I needed to find clues for a thing is because he, he, his brain was going, this could be a distraction. Yes. Yes. And, but that was very in character and very interesting because it was not something I, as the GM, expected Scott to do. Now, in hindsight, it's perfectly within the mindset of the character, mm-hmm. but it's not something I was like, oh, they're going to do the typical PC thing of go go help with the with the burning building. Mm-mm. No, I'm not going to go do that. I'm going to go no, do this no, other uh, thing. My character... Yeah, they got it. Yeah, my, yeah they, got, they got this. Uh, you know, and my character is like he—he he is the guy who thinks about if I were a motherfucker, what I, what would I be doing right now? <laughs> uh, that's me. So then, by then, con- counter the actions of a motherfucker. <laughs> I must uh, think as a motherfucker thinks. Indeed, so that one can can fight motherfuckers. Uh, speaking of motherfuckers, Ryan, hmm. uh, what interesting thing have you done as either a character or as a as a game master? Uh, well, I, I definitely like took a long time ago at, at Forest of Doors. I definitely took the Cronenberg route, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, no one wanted. Uh, <laughs> no one ever wanted it but me. So the person in charge was just very happy to, to pour it upon me head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got real and things got real organic. <laughs> uh, yeah, you took a ride there. As a uh, as a GM, I mean, I've I've done a fair bit of rewriting of Rhyme of the Frost Maiden to make the third and fourth chapters not stupid. Uh, but I don't think that's, they're not going to know. Well, I have told them it's like, Hey, you know what, you know what you guys really would have loved if this weren't just an, a far realm nightmare in this place. Wouldn't you have loved just some dwarven politics? <laughs> wouldn't that have been so much fun for you to deal with politics of Duragar? Isn't that what you come to and the they'll table probably for? looked at you going, Oh. No, no, it's like, isn't it much better that it's all slods, that it's a slod infection and Slot he's a body taking down. biological weapon? It's that's way more interesting because biological weaponry isn't really a thing one considers in the Forgotten Realms. Uh, when the Far Realm is involved, yes, yes, I everything do. is a biological <laughs> weapon. Your spit, biological weapon. Yeah, yeah. the Akin characters are, are neck, neck deep in Far Realm shit right now. It's the best place to go. Like, if you want to have spoops, it's very and have upsetting stuff. Like, the forums where it's at. It's like, well, hey, do you want to do? You, how much? How do? You, how much do you like inverted elbows? Um, <laughs> oh, so speaking of interesting choices, uh, um, so I this wasn't in the adventure. Like that little side thing that just happened with you guys in Ack Inc., where you guys went to that boat in space. Yeah, I knew that was you. Oh, that was yeah, all that you. Was, that was all me uh, because I wanted to throw a curveball with you one last time with the the big magic MacGuffin that you guys were mm-hmm. using. Um, yeah, I gave my characters laser guns. Uh, yeah, you did. Frostmaiden, Hell yeah! And I let them like. There's no rules for it, but I basically one of my guys is a, ba- a battlesmith or uh, not a battle an artillerist artificer. So I'm like, yeah, she can obviously modify this. It doesn't matter if it's far realm technology. PP laser gun. Like mm-hmm. she can figure it out. She's an expert in artifice stuff. So she now has kind of turned it into like a wand that has charges awesome. and she can recharge. Yeah. Uh, actually, sci-fi weapons are in the DMG. Actually. They are. And yeah. I'm using and I use them, but they run out. And I thought it was like, oh, hey, look, a thing that has a limited number of charges ever. Great. They'll never use that. Uh, let me make sure they have a way to recharge these. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you use the brain meats to recharge it? Is that how uh, it works? They can forego. Well, okay. So for the artificer, they can forgo they can ca- they can forgo regaining a single spell 
of a certain level when they rest and they get a d4 plus that back on the charges and the and the warlock uh warforge who integrated the gun into his arm uh can forego regaining hit dice uh-huh. uh, to gain charges that my friends is a very interesting choice from a mechanical perspective mm-hmm. i know on a gm uh, yeah, but that, back back to the space boat that they were on. Space uh, boat, because that was leading up to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, my PCs t- chose <laughs> to leave behind the fully functioning, like wouldn't be that much of an effort to to, to take it, functioning spelljammer helm. I wasn't in control of that. That's true. You were you were my, not. My there. PCs uh, figured out that there's probably a mechanism by which they can stop the dragon hatch from opening in Sunblight, and they didn't immediately go break it. Like that was my immediate thought. Is well, yeah. I mean, he has to fly out the chute, right? Well, wouldn't they just attack the mechanism that opens the chute? Sometimes PCs just they oh, ain't well, thinking. The- Oh well, they got way too. They're way too like cocksure now because they oh. they chewed through like super like a lot of shit yesterday. But and they're like, yeah, let's just press on. We don't need to retreat and rest, even though we were like, even though I kind of hinted you should. It's like, okay, you'll see. <laughs> choices, interesting choices. Well, that's just silly stuff. Yeah, but uh, stuff but, that uh, like. But- that's a very good example uh, for Scott uh, as an explanation because I was at that game is they thought it was too risky at the time to try to get versus the, with the situation that we were on because we you started the clock, the doomsday clock, and mm-hmm. we're like, we need to go. We need to get yeah. going and do this thing. Yeah, but thing. you were also in like a pocket realm where time wasn't functioning. Are you? Do you have that Arcana roll uh, there, Matt? Is that is that on you? No, that was on that was on other characters. That was all on other characters. He had got hit by an intellect devourer. Oh yeah, I was dumb. Oh, so he was in dumb times. Yeah, he was in dumb mode. Uh dumb uh, times. That was a surprisingly nasty little fucking monster. Oh, intellect devourers are fucking awful, dude. They're they're mm-hmm. very dangerous. You Extremely have dangerous. Kind of careful when you use them because if you use too many of them you will you will win yeah, <laughs> as the gm there, you will just win and it's there, not good there were two of them and they were four level six oh. characters oh that's fine like, know, that's an absolute normal the problem number. is you target the absolute best person to target with intellect the one who doesn't have the huge brain i know because the other the half of the party has a really big brain my character not so much yeah well you were closest uh no, that's fine <laughs> Uh, that was, that was, that's the type of targeting selection uh, i like to hear uh, <laughs> I, I will say that he uh he, he played like the the dumb and like he, he role played it very well with the very limited options that he had it was funny i've uh, i've 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 had to do that 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 before actually yeah. uh when i got intellect devoured and uh dragon heist as as crane and he was just like loot Loot? Ooh. Is there loot? Yeah. Well, we even ran it incorrectly because you gailed, but it didn't go like over your intellect. Like, like you, we just roleplayed that you had less intelligence. Where this was like you have zero until you regain one, you have zero. Yeah, it's real fucked up. Uh, but yeah, I mean that that led to, to interesting choices and uh, and yeah, it, it's it's fun when situations arise. Like I think the best ones are the organic moments. Oh yes. Or like it's the moments of like no one planned for this. No one, you know, thought, you know, had a plan. No one no one put this choice in front of us, but it's it's a confluence of 
right time, right place, and just the right weird idea. Like, like I think an example from from Star Wars, uh, which our our lovely patrons will hear in a couple of months, I suppose, is um, when we were in the Sith Temple, mm-hmm. uh, and I said like, "Hey, Ryan, I'm going to throw something weird at you." Uh, it worked out fine. Yeah, I mean, it worked it out real the, good. Gave me the excuse I needed to give you that thing. I know it was. I've great. been looking for a real a reason to drop that to drop the cleanse power on you. I mean, that's a good power, and I'm yep. I'm glad I have it. I will now write. I I I have to write it down. But... <laughs> fine. Uh, I mean, it's. I think in the. It's not uh, obviously. It's not anywhere in the fantasy of light, but I think it's in the Power of the Jedi source book for. Uh, um... Yes, in in the Power of the Jedi source book in three five, they have a lot of the stuff that is going to be in there. But I just have to convert it over. Yeah. To make sense. Yeah, for... it's. It, yes. It's, yeah, because interesting choices can net you positive things but also it nets you negative I mean, things, consequences you guys did a very smart job not letting shroud talk that was good yeah no fuck that lady <laughs> i oh, mean man. shooting her the sa- shooting her the last time though even though i understand the urge mm-hmm. that was also a very interesting choice oh, i'm sure well because now now she realizes you guys aren't having enough fun oh no oh, <laughs> that's what she that's that's what she took from that encounter like <laughs> They're like, oh, they want to play. Oh, you, oh, yes, it was, oh, you want to play rough. Like, okay, we weren't playing rough yet. Now we're going to play rough. We were all like, this bitch is fucking on our nuts. (laughs) Like, she's on our nuts. (laughs) And if, like, that wasn't playing rough before. Well, the scary part is, my loves. Yeah, I know. She says she'll, she said she'd call. I know, and she didn't. And she didn't call. Yeah, Uh I know. Uh oh. Uh, but, we're not playthings anymore. That's the problem. Now we're a nuisance. Um, but uh, I mean, and that was also a very interesting moment because it's it was uh, you know Matt Matt your character was not happy about the way that turned out. Oh boy. Oh zioi. Yeah. It, it please buck a month. Everyone listen to this in the last couple months. It's gonna get real dramatic real quick. I tell a heck of a story. Yeah. yeah. It's really <laughs> well. That's part of it. Is you. You presented the scenario as a good GM should. We, you threw the ball at the PCs and the PCs started juggling that ball around and we're going to see what happened. And we have to make choices. Obviously we're, and we all as, as good season role players are like, what is the most appropriate choice of my character? But also what is the most entertaining? What is the most interesting? And as sort of a warning, I think we've, we've kind of touched on it. It's like, don't make weird choices just to make weird choices. You don't want to, like whimsy to overtake the situation too much. Well, then you're just seeing LOL random. Yes. Yeah. You don't want to do that. It's not want to be the penguin of doom. Yes. Uh, Are we playing fiasco? Because we can make that happen. You know, you know, this is kind of a non sequitur. I didn't really like fiasco all that much. eh, You played it a few times. I I I think I played it one time. It was all right. Like it was, it just it wasn't wasn't for me. It feels more like a party game than it yeah, does like a yeah. role, like a like a traditional role playing game. It's much more of like a party game with a little more mechanics. Mm-hmm. It's just like yeah, this this is there's a little too much weird. Like it, it's just like and I I love collaborative storytelling. I'm like it's it just hit me wrong. Like I'm just like there's not much of this makes sense. Yeah, it can be uh, lol random. It can definitely be fiasco. Well, you're like, the problem the problem is that not everyone is good at collaborative storytelling. 
Like you may be an expert in it, but yeah, well, or the I style. More, I was actually more thinking about like the mechanics of everything, like how things get resolved, why they get resolved. Like it's just, it's just like yeah, based on how you roll in fiasco, you determine. It tells you you must have like a negative, like a negative outcome, a positive outcome, or like a neutral outcome, and you have to incorporate all that into the narrative. And there's just it 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 puts a lot of. It puts a lot of signposts around you. Yes. Like you, you get kind of fenced in in weird ways uh, that I, I didn't find entirely entertaining. Because like all improv, you can never say really say no, but you have to say yes and. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates a situation where everything before it is canon and you have to play with that regardless of what was said. Turns out being entertaining and funny is hard. Uh, <laughs> it can be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Son I mean, of a bitch! <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Like we haven't we haven't learned the secret yet. Yeah, and in like we said, it's it's okay to make interesting choices uh, as long as, like I said, your your game master is willing to sort of pick the ball up and throw it back at you and sort of oh, keep things spicy. Keep we had an going. interesting choice. We did. You made a very interesting choice, actually, that I greatly appreciated, Matt, mm. uh, during the shroud battle. When you guys were hell bent on fucking up that holocron and breaking a holocron, what yeah. ended up happening, which I won't go too much into, but you opted in for that to happen. Oh yeah, you guys, where we got the ultimate like, okay, well here's what triumph and despair mix lo- looks like when you mix them up real good. Um, <laughs> like when that that was less a that was, yeah that was less an interesting choice of like my character and more of Matthew helping Ryan come up with a cool situation yeah well i i needed to make it interesting well that's the well that's the downfall of star wars as a system like you have to like there it feels like there's a pressure to make when you get them them special symbols something big's got to happen but sometimes yeah. it's like dude i don't know well i, I mean, just don't I mean, know that's right that's, that's also a, a the benefit of having a table of clever people yeah. uh and having a storyteller gm who is able to take suggestions from his table oh yeah i, I sometimes i much need them <laughs> yeah well it's also um that's another thing guys is your interesting choices don't necessarily have to just come from you like you can low hey guys like in between maybe a session something's happened and you're like hey guys i don't know what to do about this situation hmm what are some suggestions and maybe they will they may not come up with the idea themselves but it may spark something in your brain that you had not thought about and that will lead you to an interesting choice. Well, sometimes, yeah, you just need someone to tell you to get out of your own head and like you're mm-hmm. overthinking it. Yep, absolutely, hundred percent. Sometimes yeah, you uh, just sometimes you overthink stuff, and by that I mean all of us overthink stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I would definitely recommend if you're if you feel or some if you feel or you see someone sort of like I don't know playing a little too safe or you're playing a little too conservative, but. And they and they may it may behoove them to try to get sort of nudged in a, in a more interesting direction. Feel free to do it, but obviously, if everyone's just having fun the way they want to have fun at a table, don't knock them for it. Just uh, yeah, as long as they're sh- as long as their good time isn't obstructionist, I don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly. Like if they just want to eat eat beer, eat pre- uh, drink beer, they eat, eat beer? pretzels. I want to eat beer. Oh, man, it's called bread. It's called, <laughs> it's called Guinness. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the uh, one of the things that I, I put out there and I and I made put wide open for you guys in Star Wars is you can learn battle meditation or how to be like a psychic. Like <laughs> you, can learn, you can learn 
her crazy ass weird version of battle meditation or proper battle meditation and no one no one wanted it i'm like okay that's fine it's very strong but i get it (laughs) she's a she's an interesting lady Uh, oh yeah she's actually one of my most favorite characters that we have (laughs) in that of my npcs that i've made just because um she just has like she's had a really bad time of it but she uh well she had a really bad time of it because of a certain someone and (laughs) Well, you know, she came out of it okay. But she's yeah. also a snarky teenager. <laughs> she's also a snarky teenager who needs... <laughs> I mean, one of my favorite moments is like, yeah, you should probably learn to speak common, speak basic. Like, I don't I don't have a tongue, Elo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't have a tongue. <laughs> Still Which I had forgotten. Tongue. Matthew had forgotten. So yeah. Elo was, had forgotten. So yeah, we got her a new one. They got her a new one. And it was more like, well, we didn't know if you would be interested and want that. It's like, if you can use your dumb metal magic to fix my problems, please fix my problems. (laughs) Um, One of of the characters they do eventually meet is a force witch from basically the equivalent of a night sister from a place that doesn't take too kindly to night sisters. And her tongue had been cut out for having the influence power. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, yeah. It's horrible, but oh god, that's like forced conversion therapy. It sure yeah. is. Oh god, that's bad. Yeah, they thought that would do it. <laughs> they thought that would stop it. But man, it turns out that that's real dumb, and you shouldn't do that to people. Turns out they're a bunch of backwater assholes who barely understand how metal but, work. So. No way do I contend condone that. But also, Scott, remember in Aberrant when they try to put a Nova up on trial? Oh uh, yeah, no, that, that that's be a thing. having a person who literally can charm the pants off of everyone in the room that's a good point that's a good idea like you got to think about that How the yeah fuck can... yeah uh project utopia has some uh some, some work to do on that <laughs> it's like how do you try someone who can have a have a t- total actual like jury trial when they can literally like mind control the entire jury like and not through like forceful mind control through charm mind control yeah, like the worst they think they think their idea is the good is the, the their their idea is their own idea yeah that kind of makes I, a lot of sense i should buy into an mlm <laughs> yeah oh no should just mortgage my house yeah <laughs> what are the papers right here how easy how easy <laughs> so convenient it's so easy to take out a life insurance policy on someone <laughs> oh yeah this yeah no this guy you know he, he, oh yeah i need to do that here, take my he, wallet. He means so you much to it. me. <laughs> uh, Aberrant's fun. Uh, I, I've been I've been percolating on what I want to play in uh, in uh, your game there, Matthew. Yes, I got to got to learn more about it, but I have a basic idea. Yeah, yeah. We will definitely talk a lot about it when we get closer to time. That is how that will do for me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when it is time to make the character, and we need to make the character, I will make yeah. the character. But anyways. Uh, we're going to make a very interesting choice here and we're going to say goodbye to everyone. We're going to not, you're not going to have to hear the I word again. Yes. Oh. <laughs> try not to say it. Yeah. We tried not to, either. I tried to avert that as much as I could, but fascinating. fascinating. Mm, intriguing. But from everyone here at polyhedron, go where your fun is. Roll some dice. Hello, everyone. Matthew here. If you enjoyed the show, you can always contact us at polyhedronpodcast at gmail.com, as well as at polyhedroncast on Twitter. And if you want to get in touch with me, I'm at Divis Melkav on Twitter. And I'm at Arduous, R-J-U-O-U-S on Twitter. And if you really want to show your support and get some extra content on the side, head on over to patreon.com slash polyhedron.